What's up, guys? It is Quinn here, back again with another fantasy football video. And yesterday, I talked about three running backs who I thought had elite upside, but these players weren't being drafted like first round, early to mid second. They were more like back end of the second round, third round running backs. And today, it's going to be a similar style video, but I'm going to be talking about three wide receivers who I think have elite upside. And all of these players are going to be drafted outside of the first three rounds. So we're looking at like start of round four and later. And these are just guys who may be drafted as like mid-tier wide receiver twos, but I think they have, you know, in their potential a season where they could be mid to high-end wide receiver ones, kind of like a guy like Cooper Cup. Now, I don't think any of these players are going to be like the wide receiver one, but we know it's possible that players who are drafted as like mid-tier wide receiver twos can way outproduce their ADP and really win you some fantasy championships. So that's kind of like the idea of the video today. And before I get into the first player, I do just want to give an honorable mention to Deontay Johnson. Right now, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 14, a late third round pick. You may see him fall to the beginning of the fourth round, but because he's on the fringe and he's a player I really like, I'm going to be talking about him all offseason. So I'm fine just kind of giving him an honorable mention in this video. But the first wide receiver who I think has a lead upside is going to be a Michael Pittman. Right now, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 16. That is an early fourth round pick. And we saw him take a big jump from his rookie to sophomore season. As a rookie, he kind of seemed like a face planter, only averaged 7.6 points per game. You know, some people thought he could have a second year breakout, but typically if guys totally fall apart their rookie year, it's tough to see them take a huge step. But he totally took that next step, averaged 14 points per game last season. That was the wide receiver 26 in points per game. He played a full 17 game season, targeted 129 times, caught 88 of those for 1,082 receiving yards, and then scored six total touchdowns. He did this despite being on the Colts with a very poor passing attack. Carson Wentz was not good. They had the sixth fewest pass attempts per game. They had the fifth fewest total passing yards. So he was able to put together in a thousand yard season despite you know some of these factors going against him. And he was the clear alpha on that offense. I mentioned how he had 1,082 receiving yards. The next highest receiver on that team was Zach Paschal with only 384 yards. And heading into this season, he is once again the very, very obvious wide receiver one. The Colts did go out, spend a second round pick at wide receiver, but they drafted Alec Pierce. He's not someone who's going to be a huge volume threat taken away from Michael Pittman's opportunities. You know, he's a super athletic guy. I kind of thought he was a reach in the second round, so I'm not overly concerned. And then even if he turns out to be a good NFL wide receiver, the rest of their weapons are brutal. And then on the positive side, Michael Pittman will see a very solid upgrade at quarterback. He's going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. And now I totally understand Matt Ryan is definitely, you know, not prime Matty Ice. He's definitely on the kind of the downside of his career. He didn't play well last year, but he was just in a horrible situation with that Falcons offense who just had no one. This is going to be a much better Colts offense. He's going to have some balance with the rushing game with Jonathan Taylor. So I think we're looking at a lot of factors here. Pittman is likely just going to improve as a player heading into year three. We saw him take a big jump from year one to year two. I think he can take another jump heading into his third season. He's going to have the opportunity to be a massive target hog and also have very limited receiving competition around him. So experiencing a nice quarterback upgrade, I think that's going to lead to more overall targets, more yardage, and touchdown opportunities for Michael Pittman. And so if a few breaks go his way, you know, he scores a few extra touchdowns, 
you know, maybe gets a few big plays in there. I could totally see Michael Pittman finishing as a mid-tier wide receiver one as kind of like his ceiling option. And if you're drafting him as a mid-tier wide receiver two, it's nice to have that ceiling there with him. The next wide receiver I want to talk about, the second guy, it's going to be Amari Cooper. Right now, he is going as the wide receiver 18, a mid-fourth round pick. And I do think the uh, Browns quarterback situation does play a big part in this because we don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended. If he does get suspended, how many games is it for? Do they trade Baker Mayfield? Because if you know Watson gets suspended, even though we don't love Baker for fantasy, he's probably going to be better than whoever, you know, some random backup would be. But obviously best case for Amari Cooper is that Deshaun Watson is not suspended and he can play with him for the full 17 games because Cooper is walking into this Browns offense as the clear number one with Deshaun Watson, you know, potentially leading this for a full season. And if you remember the last full season Deshaun Watson played in just the last season period in 2020, he supported two top 16 wide receivers on a bad team and a bad offense. Remember, Will Fuller was dominant, averaged 17.2 points per game. He was the wide receiver seven on points per game. And then we saw Brandon Cooks behind uh, Will Fuller average 15 and a half points per game. That was the wide receiver 16 in points per game. So we know he can support his top weapons. And I know Amari Cooper has underachieved the past two seasons, but he has also had to deal with some legit target competition those past two years. We're looking at competing with guys like C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Those guys are far superior to what like David Bell and Donovan Peoples-Jones are going to be. Even I'm someone who really likes David Bell, but as a rookie, like he's not going to be as good as rookie C.D. Lamb or like second or third year Michael Gallup. So I really think this is Amari Cooper's opportunity. So when you're taking into account his quarterback upgrade, even though Dak is great, I think we all know Deshaun Watson is better. He's going to have less target competition and the potential for more volume operating as the clear number one guy paired with Cooper's big playability. So I definitely think he does have an elite ceiling this season. And obviously it would be ideal if Deshaun Watson did not face a suspension. And then the third and final player I'm going to talk about is Chris Godwin. He is the wide receiver 22, and he is a late fourth round pick. And obviously kind of the big red flag here for Godwin, if there's one factor that's holding him back, it's going to be that ACL tear he suffered. I definitely believe that a week one return is possible for Chris Godwin. When you're looking at the time that he tore it, you know, the time he had the surgery, it does line up that he could be back for week one. But the question is like, is he going to be his typical self? Is he going to be the Chris Godwin we've seen over the past three years? Not sure. But if he is back to 100%, he can get back to the Chris Godwin we've seen in recent years. He has already gone out and shown that he has an elite ceiling as a wide receiver. In 2019, he finished as the wide receiver two in points per game, averaging 19.7 points per game. This past season, he was the wide receiver seven in points per game. And that was while underperforming in the touchdown department. So in 14 games last year, Godwin was targeted 128 times, caught 98 of those for 1,103 receiving yards, and then six total touchdowns. When we're looking at those touchdown numbers, six touchdowns on the Bucks, you know, high volume, elite passing offense with his 9.1 targets per game. I feel like it's very likely those improve, you know, if he does play at least 14 games in the 2022 season. Plus he had that wide receiver seven finish while competing for targets with Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. Antonio Brown was a massive factor in the Buccaneers offense last year. He was actually tied with Godwin in fantasy production. So they were both the wide receiver seven in points per game last year. 
So AB was getting a lot of looks. He's obviously going to be gone, potentially from the NFL forever. We're not even sure if Gronk is back. Even if Gronk does return, Godwin will still have a very solid route, you know, to have a high-end wide receiver one finish as long as he can kind of come back successfully from that ACL tear. So those are three guys who are going like fourth round or later that I think can put together some monster seasons and, you know, have it in the realm of possibility to greatly outperform their ADP. Let me know what you guys think about these players down below in the comment section. If you enjoyed this video, please do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.